We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Can you imagine Christmas without Christ? As God's children, we must realize that without Jesus, there's no redemption, no salvation, no hope for eternal life in the Father's presence, and no Christmas. Join us today as Pastor Rander teaches how God, in His wisdom, sent Jesus to dwell among us and save us in this message, Emmanuel. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. That's right. Deliver you in a fire, and I dash in that fire and drag you out there. You drowning, and I jump in there. But don't depend me to do it. I drown with you. I, you don't do, I can't help you. I can't. I drown. I go down and say, we both going down. Get somebody. Don't get me, but I'm just, I'm really analogizing now. But jump in there and bring you out. You know, I, I have saved you. I've saved you. And you say, that's, that's rescue, that's salvation. And that's what Jesus did. He came to save sinners. Luke 19, 19, 10. Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to seek and to what? Save that which was lost. John 10, 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus, I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. John 129, I love this, the Gospel of John 129 says, the next day, John saw Jesus. Whew, God Almighty. John, 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 John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sin of the world. The Lamb of God. The sin. He came to save us from our sins. That's why we, everybody under my voice, I ought to know why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the fact that Jesus was born to save us from our sins. Number three, God sent Emmanuel because of his sacrificial love for mankind. God sent Emmanuel because of his what? Sacrificial love for mankind. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoso believeth in him should not what? Perish but have everlasting life. God loves us with an unconditional love. If he did not, we'd all be in a whole bunch of trouble. There is, he loved us in spite of ourselves. He loved us with an unconditional love. There is nothing you can do to make God love you any more or any less. Nothing you can do. He loves you as much as he can love you right now. I don't care how bad. You say, at my worst, he lo-. Yes. Now, that's hard for people to do. But God loves us at our best and at our worst. As a matter of fact, even when he chastens us, he chastens us in love. 
Even when we go, even if some choose to go to hell, he'll love you to hell. You see that? He'll stop loving you. He, he'll love you. He say, if you were so hell bent on rejecting me, I will love you enough to give you what you want. That's big. I love you enough to give you what you want. I give you what you ask for only for you to discover you didn't know what you were asking for. Oh God, this is a, this is something in this message. Number four, God sent Jesus to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. This is powerful. God sent Jesus to what? Redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoptions as sons. Galatians chapter four, verses four and five. I, I know it's on the screen, but please turn there. Galatians chapter four, verses four and five. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, uh, born under the law. You see, it was, uh, it was born under the law to redeem those who were what? Under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Say adoption. Underline that word. That's a beautiful word. Adoption. Adoption is the act of bringing someone who is the offspring of another into one's own family. It, it, it is the act of bringing someone who is the offspring of another into one's own family. And that's a beautiful thing when you can have a couples who can't have children and they decide to adopt a child and choose a child and love a child like God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Adoption, or you may have children, but you just want to reach out and love another child. It's not that you can't have children. You just want another child to come in your family who would, who would, who needs a, who needs parents and a loving environment. Adoption is the act of bringing someone who is the offspring of another into one's own family. Since we were all born a child of the devil, the only way we can become God's children is through spiritual adoption. All of us were born a child of the devil. I don't care how cute that baby is. That baby's still lost. Now, if that did, they said, what if my baby die, died when he was a baby? She was a baby. That baby would automatically go to heaven because that baby was not able to make a rational decision to, to accept or reject the Lord Jesus Christ. David, at the, at the death of his baby, said, um, uh, I, uh, he can't come to me, but I can go to him. You know, so babies and those uh, those who are mentally challenged, you can't make those kinds of decisions. God has a special place in the arms of Jesus for them. Amen. Adoption is so beautiful and we need so many more people to adopt. Some people try over and over and over for years and years and years to have a child. Well, I'm not going to adopt. I'm still waiting. And usually a whole lot of times uh, when you decide to adopt, then you get pregnant. That happens a lot, too. There are many cases about that. And sometimes people have them late. We have a couple here had twins late. And uh, sometimes children come early or whatever happens. Um, God is in control. Uh, I never forget my wife. When, when I started dating her, she said, I want you to know one thing. I said, what's that? I can't have children. And I said, well, we'll just let God take care of that. I did not want to be with her because she couldn't have children. I said, God can work out anything. I mean, with God, what? All things are possible. You look how y'all, li- y'all like these personal illustrations. Y'all listen real good. 
So we had the first one, and the child died about eight months in pregnancy. I was teaching school, took the kids to Beaumont on a train trip. I was teaching school. They told Mr. Draper, go to the hospital. And I went to the hospital, and we lost that first child. We should have. We got one in glory, and we have two here. And uh, she was a little girl. She would have been our, our oldest. And uh, she's, she's, in, she's in heaven, and we will see her. We will see her there. But then we had, later on, here come Andrea, and here come Randy. And I said, oh, God, here they come. <laughs> what about this business about you couldn't have no children? And, and Randy came so quick, I said, now, who did that? <laughs> so, so. So I don't make those kind of, but if we couldn't have, couldn't have had a child, we would have, we would adopt. And then we have, then we did adopt another way. Gerald came into our home with nowhere to stay, homeless, nowhere, very poor. And God brought him into our family. And uh, he has a child that's taken on our name and his children come over and they get things under the tree. And we treat them as our own because they are our own. He stayed in our house until he went to college, went off. But what I'm saying is that there are a whole lot of ways you can adopt and love on children. You see, God did not sin. It says, look, look what it says. But when, look at Galatians 4, 4. That's why I want you to turn to it. But when the fullness of time had come. Let me say that again. But when the fullness of time had come. One more time. But when, underline that, underline it. But when the fullness of time. I got a label with this. God did not send his son Jesus too early, nor did he send him too late. Jesus came into the world at just the right time in human history. He didn't come too early, didn't come too late. And they had been looking for him. A lot of folk died looking for Jesus, just like we may die looking for the rapture. But that's all right. If the rapture don't come to be to be absent in the body, still to be what? Present with the Lord. So we still go be with him. It did not come too late or too early. I'm going to tell you something. some big spiritual implications on this. We are most effective and productive in the kingdom. As we wait on the Lord to give us divine permission to carry out our assignment. I repeat that. We are most what? Effective and productive in the kingdom as we wait on the Lord. You know why we make a mess? We don't wait on the Lord to give us divine permission to carry out our assignment. Refuse to allow people to pressure or remove you from his perfect will for your life. You know, people can pressure you right out the will of God. You, you got these girls dating these boys or these boys dating these girls. If you love me, you'll lay with me. That's pressure. You say you get out of here. I'm going to wait because I don't need babies right now. I don't need venereal diseases. And I, don't need, I never heard a person said, I regretted obeying God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I never heard a person say, you know, I obeyed God and I regret it. But I heard a lot of folks say, God's word said this, and I rebelliously chose not to do it. I heard what my mama said. I heard what my pastor said. I heard what the Sunday school teacher said. But I listened to what my friends said. I listened to what that college professor who not even saved said. 
Yeah, I, I listened to that sweet talking boy blowing his sour air in my ear and blew me up and can't find him to even get child support. Uh uh-uh, uh uh. All I'm saying is this I've never heard anybody say I, re- I regretted obeying God. Refuse to allow people to pressure or remove you from his perfect will for your life. D, doing the right thing at the wrong time will interfere with God's plan for your life. When you do the right thing at the wrong time, wrong time, maybe a good thing, but it's the wrong time. You, you interfere with God's plan for your life and you'll create heartache, depression. What you did was good, but it wasn't time for it. Some of y'all come in the house blowing off steam. Uh, uh, different things, you know, you bring up issues at the wrong time instead of waiting on the Lord. And when you're not operating in God's timing, here comes depression and setbacks. And you know what else? Even chastisement from God. Even though the thing is right, if you do it before the time, you can get chastened for it. Jesus often said in his ministry, my time has not come. What are some decisions? What are some decisions? What are some decisions people make before the time? Some people buy a house before the time. They, they, and, and they buy before the time only to have it uh, uh, a foreclosed or whatever, in foreclosure or whatever. Now, sometimes people can buy a house and then lose a job after they buy the house. I'm not talking about situations like that. Sometimes you just didn't wait on God. The issue wasn't the job issue. It was just, the issue was a timing issue. You know, sometimes you have to wait. And just because somebody else gets blessed with a home now don't mean it's your time too. Stay, stay where you are a little while longer and breathe easy. Some of you buy cars before the time. And sometimes it's the wrong car. A lemon. Some of you leave or accept a job before the time. You know, you can leave a good job uh, that God didn't release you from. And uh, you left assuming that that next job is going to be a better job and it was to your heartache and pain. I'm going to, I'm going to say something else big here. I don't know, God sent me all kind of direction. Y'all listening pretty good today. <laughs> don't you, unless you're in the military and you signed a contract and took the oath of office, it's better not to you know, make a vow than make a vow and not keep it. Now you say, well, you know what? Uh, I, 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 I committed to Uncle Sam, so now I ain't going to do it. No, you got you made that commitment, you do it. I'm not talking about that. But a lot of times you say, my job moved me here and moved me there and moved me there. You better make sure God is in it. Amen. Because God can keep you without that job. Sometimes God will bring you to a certain place like God used that that fish to bring Jonah to Nineveh and spit him out right there. God will bring you because he wants you to do ministry there, be there. And just because the job moved doesn't obligate you to move. Sometimes you have to tell that job bye because God has a bigger plan. Y'all looking at, y'all looking at me kind of crazy because you said that's my job. It's going to Alaska, New York. Yeah. Well, you better make sure God is going there with you. Are y'all, how many of y'all understanding what I'm saying? You listen to the spirit. Your boss is not your God. God can keep you without that job, with that job. How many of you have been laid off and seen God take care of you? Anybody been laid off and, and in the spirit? How many of you missed a meal when you were laid off? 
I mean, did you still eat? You probably gained a pound or two being laid off. That's the goodness of God. Say amen. You don't move when people say move. You move when God, now God, if God tell you to move and he's using that job uh, to endorse that as your sign or whatever, that's fine. But don't you move without your sign from God. Uh, reload. And some of you been in, try, you try your best to get back to where you came from. Oh God, I'm, I, that's not even a you and, and, and listen, you go back there. Have you been back to where you came from? And, and then you got glad that you left. How many of you glad that you left where you came from? I'm so glad I left where I came from. If I had stayed back there, no telling what I'd been. I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't be where I am now. I'd been a mess. I'm so glad I got out off of Kaplan Street. You know, I thank God for keeping me and all that. But when I go back and see how those folk looking and don't and don't go to a high school reunion, you can't even recognize them folk. They all beat up, teeth all out, bags all under their eyes, 300 pounds more. I mean, they look bad. I'm walking all in there feisty and moving all around. And those in there on canes. Those high school reunions can be depressing. And the fact of the matter is they stayed in the hood too long. Oh God, it to be all. I tell you, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a series. Oh God, let me get another one. I had to get for I had a stopping point, but I'm gonna stop before that. I'm gonna squeeze this other point in time to that leaving before the time. Let me just squeeze this one in, and we'll just stop. Uh, 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 marriage. God tell you not to marry a certain person. Oh, but she's so pretty. She's so fine. Oh, she got a new car. Oh, she got money. Listen, the money can get funny. Oh, uh, he's cute. He's handsome. He's got curly locks. He's, he's got a nice J. Uh, he got. He, I like his biceps. Listen, it's not about the biceps. It's about the heart. And uh, I tell you what, I wouldn't, you ought not marry anybody that uh, and you don't know anything about their parents unless their parents are deceased or something like that beyond your control. You need to get to see uh, how they treat their parents. That's how they're going to treat you. Uh-huh. You know, that, that's a sign right there. They crazy to their parents. They're going to be crazy to you. They don't respect their parents. They're not going to respect you. I, you ought not marry anybody that won't come to church. I don't want to come to church. I'm busy. Well, are you too busy to meet for me? Because me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Bring them by and let me check them out. I'm not talking about one time, a quick glance. Bring them to church. Introduce, this is my friend. Anybody you dating is a potential mate. You do know that. You didn't just, ooh, there she is, marry her now. It was a dating process, some kind of process, amen? amen. But you got to begin. Some of y'all marry before the time and you divorce. And let me tell you something, when you divorce that, a divorce, it, it, it's a greater, the chances go higher that the second marriage in a divorce uh, will, will end up in a divorce. My wife and I have been married, I've been married 32 years to the same woman. And I thank God for you don't see me up here with a different woman every four or five years. I mean, the, the, I, thought, I thought we said God can keep us. Is God all powerful? 
Why can't he keep your marriage? Now, I know there's room for divorce when it's not reconcilable and when you, if you got those biblical grounds, I don't want to go, start going, going in grounds for divorce and remarriage. That's a whole series I taught that years ago, and I'll go back to it again. But then sometimes some of y'all are in a marriage and you can't wait to get out. That's the other side. You got, you got a before the time, you marry somebody before the time for the wrong reason. And then uh, some of you in a marriage and you're doing everything you can now. You, you may not tell your spouse, but it's already in your mind. Ooh, you just hoping he die. <laughs> hoping she die. So, so that's the easy way out. God, won't you just take them? <laughs> they ain't going to die. They're going to be right there. A thorn in your flesh. Yeah, God's whooping you. <laughs> oh, you see that little pretty thing over there? And you got a little, you got it on the side, your side email, or you got it on a little Twitter on the side your wife don't know about. You know, my wife can take my, I'm not scared to give my wife my cell phone. There's some females in my cell phone, by the way. And she can look at it that way. I ain't thinking about them. But they in there, you know, my secretary's number in there and other folk number because sometimes I have to make quick calls of this and other people. There are females in my cell phone, males and females in my cell phone. My wife said, well, let me use phone to take care. And I, I'm not, my heart goes, yeah. I don't have it on me. It's in there. I don't bring my cell phone in here because it may go off. So I don't bring it in. I leave it. But she can look it in and she can, she has to write that. She can ask me about any, anybody in there. I don't care. Just take it and just go straight down. I can give her an account. And if she want them in them out, I'll take them out. She said, I don't want that number. I can take it out. You don't tell me what to do. Hey, that's my wife. That's my wife. We're accountable to one another. Won't y'all say amen? Y'all listen to this real good. And sometimes you get that little pretty thing or that little handsome thing and you got this little thing going on the side over here. Your wife don't know it. Your husband don't know. And you're kind of sleeping around a little bit or you have an emotional adultery. It's all in your mind. And even when you have intimacy, you thinking you with the other person. Y'all looking at me like I, y'all ain't saying amen, but you know I ain't lying. You say, all this in Emmanuel? If you want God with you, you got to clean up your life. And then you leave her. Or you leave him. And you go marry that little pretty thing. That little handsome man. Or that man you thought you just had to have. And you get in that new relationship. And oh, you're so happy. But after a while, a month go by, a year go by. And they half kill you. You thought the grass was greener and you wish you could go back to where you were and you can't get back because they remarried. Satan deceived you through that pretty thing or that handsome thing. And you in a lifetime of ministry. Just because the grass look greener don't mean it's green. You better learn to be satisfied with what you got and help God to cultivate that relationship to the glory of God. Because that little pretty thing today can be an ugly thing 20 years from now. <laughs> Just because the hips are slip and the backbone is this. 
rosy cheeks and long black hair, fine legs, and nice arms. All that stuff began to drop, and all of a sudden, she did gluing in hair, they had no nails. As a matter of fact, you don't know what you got till the honeymoon night. Because when they start taking out the hair, and, and taking off all the parts, and taking off the nails, and you look at what do I? What you see is not always what you get. <laughs> Emmanuel. <laughs> oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. That mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice! The King has come. Rejoice! Light has come in the midst of darkness. Rejoice because heaven has come near. Rejoice because the apple of God's own eye was born in a manger. The only baby ever born that was older than his mama. <laughs> Emmanuel. And ransom captive Israel. And all God's children said. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.